The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe as we do our Week in Review. You never know who we're going to talk to or who's going to stop by or what's going on here at the Multimedia Cafe. All right, let's take a look at what we've got on today's menu of topics. We're going to be talking with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering. They're going to be opening an office in Casper, Wyoming very shortly. In fact, he's in the process of it right now. They're out of uh, Colorado right now. Jack Hamlin, Summit Engineering. He's also a representative from Energy Strong Colorado. They've had some brouhaha, some, what's the word, shenanigans, if you will, happening in Colorado. Uh, there's just it's it's a political war that's going on there, and it's really too bad because what's happening is the the consumer, the people, the community members are the ones that are suffering through this. And Jack Hamlin talks a little bit about the evolution of Proposition 112, Senate Bill 181 in Colorado. Those are the names of kind of the movements and the period of times, if you will, to when uh, the shift of perception and energy in Colorado happened. So talk a little bit about that, how that's bled into Wyoming. Also looking at into North Dakota as well. Modern day environmentalism is discussed and where energy industry is heading. All that plus much more. Boulder Democrats, the paradigm shift in energy and herd mentality. That's also another way to say lemmings. All that and much, much more on today's episode of the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies, and let's get right into the interview with Jack Hamlin out of Summit Engineering in Energy Strong, Colorado. Yeah, we're able to kind of switch back and forth between the two. There's some pretty stringent rules around what you can do with the monies you get. Uh, one of them being uh, you have to be a, you can't be a nonprofit and support uh political candidates and so from our end with what's going on in colorado right now uh, that's an absolute must um we're kind of getting mopped up right now uh, on the political side uh, i talked to you back when when prop 112 was hitting and um that felt like after we got through it it was a victory and then because of the way the the elections ended up uh, senate bill 181 hit us like a freight train and and there was just a realization within our group that there was no voice for the oil and gas industry here locally. Um, the the historical methods of, of trying to communicate with the community just wasn't working because it had been shifted, the, the narrative and the, and the discussion has been shifted mainly on social media and very grassroots. Um, so, so the we realized we needed a mechanism to, to kind of counter that in the same fashion, online, uh, social media driven, and then being able to eliminate a lot of the filtered messaging 
that the oil and gas industry typically uh, puts out there uh, seem to be pretty ineffective. So we, we were looking at, at the events and the, the town hall meetings and the, the legislative proceedings and realizing that um, not a lot of people understood the political process and when these meetings were happening and uh, we had to get people mobilized. That, that's kind of at its essence what this was about was educating people that were in the oil and gas industry and, and peripheral companies and people who supported it educating them on, on what was going on, when the meetings were happening, live streaming those meetings for those who couldn't attend so they could watch on their computer what was happening, uh, what was being said, the narratives that were being um, pushed. And um, ultimately, I think what all of us realized was uh, it was alarming to hear uh, what a lot of the community thought about our industry. Um, and we had to um, really realized that this isn't what kind of came out of it is not a partisan issue it's trying to be made one but it's really not it's it's around energy independence and how do we get better at um explaining to people what we do and how how safe it is the one thing that the crude life here we've been tracking for a while is the the rise of the environmentalism and we wa you know we watched it happen in Colorado right before our eyes, and they they had a backup plan, which was uh, SB one eighty one. Is that what it's called? Correct. Yeah, Senate Bill one eighty one. And, and it, to me, it seemed like a Trojan horse type of a situation to where, um, from the outside looking in, I when when I saw the governor come out, Governor Colorado come out and use the word war on oil and gas and. All of a sudden, you know, pretty soon this this new restrictions, which essentially ends up being a ban on on certain areas because you deal with feet and and public safety and, and that sort of thing. Um, how did that kind of the pol political pol politicalness happen, I guess, you know, because I've been going to Colorado for five years and generally I stay in Fort Collins when I go. Um, I don't mind driving 45 minutes into Denver. I can't deal with Denver's traffic, man. It gets a little t intense for somebody who doesn't live in it day to day. And it's nice, yeah. nice to have horse tooth so close. You can just go and hike if you want at the end of the day type of a thing. Um, but in the breakfast bars in the morning, you know, I'd be talking to strangers and they'd look over their shoulder before they said they worked in the oil and gas industry. And that was weird to me because I always thought Colorado embraced the oil and gas industry. So I watched the evolution happen over the course of like five years. And um, talk to me from your perspective how that evolution kind of happened. Yeah, so the evolution was, was um, it was quick. So I completely agree with you where people kind of have, have, some people have started to look over their shoulder before they, they discuss uh, what they do in oil and gas. Um, a large amount of us, including myself, don't. We're very proud of what we do. And having seen it and been boots on the ground in the industry for 11 years, um, very educated on what goes on. And so there's, when I look at it, uh, it's really interesting. That, so you've got the same groups that all want the same thing is what it boils down to. So uh, we consider ourselves environmentalists. When you look at like air quality's never been cleaner. Um, that's a fact. Ever since the EPA was instituted, uh, 
our air has never been cleaner as it is today. That's because of natural gas consumption, um, converting old coal plants, converting uh, other infrastructure to, to take clean domestic natural gas. The, the evolution of this, it, it, it really, it rocked our industry. And, and that is what created energy. Strong. And uh, that's why I think there's been such a, um, uh, people have kind of clamored to that. Uh, we, we've got over 15,000 members on social media uh, on, on a group that was effectively started a, you know, during Prop 112 just six, six or seven months ago. Mr. Jack Hamlin, I'm going to ask you to hold your thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. On, on a group that was effectively started a, you know, during Prop 112 just six, six or seven months ago, um, so the, so the evolution was uh, when you look at how Senate Bill 181 happened, and and how we got where we are today in such a short period of time. Yeah, Prop 112 came through. That was all the focus. We fought that. The state spoke. I mean, it was it was beat by a very sound margin that they don't want those types of restrictions on the oil and gas industry because it is. Uh, an important piece of not only the economy and jobs and all that, but energy prices and uh, combating uh, energy poverty and and even our our biggest detractors they get they, they get in the shower every morning on you know using a hot water heater, turn on their AC or furnace, get in a car that's powered by fossil fuels and made by fossil fuels, and so our perspective was, you know we're we know we're we're doing a good thing it is virtuous fossil fuels are virtuous uh that's why people that you know come and uh argue against fossil fuels they still use the product every day it's the realization there's how do we communicate and, and prepare better so during prop 112 we're looking at that that gets beat and then out of the blue 
for a lot of people. Some people may have known about it, but out of the blue, I didn't really understand how government worked, to be honest with you, at a, at a regional and state level. Didn't realize that these types of laws could be passed without a vote or being put onto a ballot. That's partly my own uh, ignorance there, but a lot of people have that. They're not engaged in day-to-day politics in the, the town hall meetings and the meetings and um, uh, state legislative meetings and that. So uh, as these things started to unravel, we realized, you know, that, yeah, we beat Prop 112 and Senate Bill 181 came through, and that is a much larger threat to our industry and our way of life. Um, so the evolution was so fast, we needed an agile group of people that would show up and weren't afraid to speak a message that wasn't filtered, that was just, this is the story. And my particular story is that I, I own an, and operate an engineering company that our whole purpose is to make sure that the facilities and the pipeline systems that we design are the absolute safest and environmentally friendly facilities and pipelines on the planet. And that's not an exaggeration. Colorado sets a precedent for the entire globe on developing oil and gas facilities and resources the the best way. And there's no other way to put it. We are the gold standard for the entire world. It's the stuff we build is extremely safe. Uh, It's got very low footprint. Uh, it's it's evolving. The, the amount of technology that's deployed on these facilities and, and drilling programs and infrastructure, it's unparalleled. Um, and what I've realized is that it's the education piece. Again, going to these, these town hall meetings and speaking in front of the, the state legislature, I want to engage the people that think we're evil or that we're not doing good things and understand their perspective so that we can – communicate to them in something that makes sense instead of drawing a battle line and everybody lobbing, you know, artillery at each other. That's not going to work here. And today it's, you know, Colorado's unique. We've got communities. You've got community. You've got communities on top of existing and newfound oil and gas reserves. And they're all competing with, um, you know, industry and environmentalism. So you've got like this perfect storm of, of things happening at like this epicenter of one of the largest producing basins in the country. And so you've got, uh, you've got people who are, um, who have oil and gas development in their, in their communities. And they uh, were oil and gas is not doing a good job at communicating what and how they're doing things in my opinion. And so that's, that's really the problem we need to solve. That's uh, actually the topic I spoke on at the Energy Expo was uh, the paradigm shift that's happened, essentially. And I've got, this, I've got this written down for three more questions later, but as long as you bring it up. Um, one of the, my, my critiques has been that the, there's been a paradigm shift, and this is no secret. You know, I, I drop names now. John Gibson from One Oak, Harold Hamm from Continental Resource, James Volker from Whiting, uh, resources, Lee Tillman from Marathon Oil. These people have all been on our program and they've all said there's been a paradigm shift in the way that oil and gas is done. Hydraulic fracturing, horizontal drilling has created a, a paradigm shift. And when you step back and when you think about it, okay, that's true from you know a roughneck standpoint. They're not slinging chains anymore. 
like the, we're, we're in the old days. From an engineering standpoint, the thing that you said earlier about the cleanest air in the history of the world is true. And the United States is the one who's actually bringing the regulations over to other countries. So not only is it true in the United States, we're actually cleaning the air because of the fossil fuel regulations that we've learned uh, from over the past. Um, and so when, when you kind of keep, I'm sorry, were you going to jump in there? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, I'm very passionate about it. So I, I was born in 1978, right? So I'm, I'm a child grown up through the eighties and nineties. When I was growing up, there was in Denver, there was a brown cloud over the city. We had leaded fuel. There was leaded paint. There was aerosol problems. Uh, I watched dirty air became clean. Even though our population has more than quadrupled, the air has gotten cleaner. So think about that. Our population is exploding, and our air is actually getting cleaner. And the same thing holds true with oil and gas production. These, these, the thing that's that's never talked about in any of these meetings is just how technologically advanced oil and gas drilling has become with less of a footprint with uh, drilling rigs become much more efficient. You need less of them to do more. The impact on designing multi-well pad facilities has been unbelievable. So you're taking, you're, you're, you're drilling and, and putting way more wells in a compact area and then horizontally drilling those out. And so your footprints less, your emissions are less. So uh, as, as drilling, uh, and our state has also uh, grown exponentially, I think four or five times in the, in the last 20 years, the emissions from oil and gas have gone down 50%. So when, when, when you look at what you're talking about here is that the, the technological innovations are actually, you know, they, they, they're like putting a guy in the moon basically because I grew up around the same time you did and there was a book, Harry the Dirty Dog, and Harry went out and he got dirty in the coal mines. He got dirty in the oil and gas chutes. And he was just, you know, it, it basically every day you were told coal and oil and gas are dirty. And then I remember the first time going to Pittsburgh. I thought, this is a gorgeous city. Wow, I, this is not dirty. This isn't like I, I thought it would be and, and everything else. So it to me, the, getting back to the paradigm shift, you know, okay, the way that we drill, we had to paradigm shift. Go to the human resources department. Go to the engineering firms. Do you think big data has changed how they do business? Absolutely. So the paradigm shift happened there too. I think it's time, and this is what I spoke about, that the, the way that oil and gas approaches public relations and marketing and everything else needs a paradigm shift as well. Because when you, when, when you look at what we've done over the last... 10 years, we have made more money as an industry with $100 oil than any other 10-year period in the history of oil and gas. And when you look at the body of work that's already been done, and this was a hard pill for us to swallow at the conference, I, I had to change my business three years ago, and, and we can get into that too, but when we look at the 10 years of the body of work that's been done with the most money we've ever made and the most money we've ever spent as an industry... We just got banned in Colorado. Oregon passed the same thing through their Senate. Wyoming did some ban on the BLM land. We have two presidential candidates, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, actively as part of their platform, having a public discussion about banning fossil fuels, and the new Green Deal puts us out of business in 10 years. 
So we yeah. have, it's it's time to really rethink how we do things. And you're 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 tugging at every heartstring that I've got. I'm very passionate about this oh, industry. It's the last bastion for capitalism, man. Without this, I I, I I mean that's how dire I'm trying to hang on to oil and gas. I truly believe it's the last bastion for capitalism. If you want to get really deep with me, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Jason, going back to I tell you how I grew up. Every presidential and regional candidate politically ran on energy independence. That's how important it was. We we were going to war over this resource within my lifetime. And I'm I'm 41 years old. It ain't that it's not that long ago. And Mr. Jack Hamlin, I'm going to ask you to hold your thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. People get up and they get up around and they go back to bed. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. Jason, going back to, I tell you, how I grew up, every presidential and regional candidate politically ran on energy independence. That's how important it was. We... We were going to war over this resource within my lifetime, and I'm I'm 41 years old. It ain't that. It's not that long ago, and in the last five years, there's been such a monumental shift from okay, we've we've achieved energy independence for the most part. We've achieved that energy independence, and now this shift is to um, not want it or want to want to use it. It's it's so abstract. Um, the industry very clearly has a hard time responding to that. And when I talk about filtered messaging earlier, that will not work here, and it's not working. It, it's a waste of money, in my opinion, to try and filter your messaging such that tries not to offend or, or be too strong on a message one way or the other. We have a great story to tell in oil and gas. And the people that work in this industry believe that. And the people that use our products every day they believe that somewhere or they would not use it i truly believe that and so i think it's it's time as you said taking the gloves off is the wrong language but it's time to just tell our story and stand our ground 
and really get on the offensive of here's here's why this product is so great and really drill down into it's not about jobs it's not about revenue for a lot of people it's about how will this impact my daily life and what is this product how is this product get to my gas nozzle my gas meter at my house my propane tank how does that get here that that message we need to engage people at a grassroots level and explain to them what the, the narrative that's being said like that that book you just said about the dirty dog it's the same thing the stuff that i'm hearing in testimony at the capitol building and in town halls is 100 percent incorrect there is nothing virtually everything that we're combating right now is anecdotal data right some somebody's opinion they've got a headache they get nosebleeds oh you're dealing with emotion good luck you're dealing with pure good luck. emotion good luck you're, you're, you're well, not you're not going to beat emotion because you're dealing with somebody's actual experience which is their emotion and it doesn't matter if it's any fact behind it don't let hey don't let facts get in the way of things that's that's not how this is not how i mean those poor guys up at meridian up up in meridian they're they're building the cleanest refinery in the planet right um, and we, we've had, we've had their engineering firms on talking about the, you know, the bends and pipes and explaining, you know, the different things that are being done to make this thing clean and the emissions that are going to be down, yada, yada. They had 10,000, um, emails sent to the state against them, right? Because they were a refinery. 97% of them were identical. That's, that's the new age of what's going on here is that the, the, templates are being done and they have like an orchestration behind them that there's lots that, of coordination yeah and and essentially what it's designed to do is it's it's designed to hemorrhage people out it's designed to hemorrhage them out and bleed them out and maybe, maybe they'll go out of business or or something along those lines i truly believe that's what it is are you familiar well, yeah, with the term uh are you familiar with the term uh what was it boulder democrat um yeah i mean i've, I've heard that term thrown around and that's like kind of, you know, it's an extreme environmentalist is, is kind of the way I gathered from it. And yet they have a lot of control in the government. Is that, is that? Yeah, I mean, in Colorado, in Colorado, the. Um, it, yeah, it was used in Colorado. They said basically that the, you know, Boulder Democrats got control of the, the, you know, government. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a handful of them from Boulder that are in, in key positions, including the governor of the state and, um, uh, Okay. Speaker of the, and the Speaker of the House, and and they've um, they're great great at coordination and orchestration of these things, and that's where the narrative has been. Uh, our industry needs to combat that again. Going back, we do a great thing. I opened, I penned a letter to the Denver Post, got got picked up and published, and and that letter was opening my, the doors of our engineering company, our our business, my my business, and the oil and gas industry. It is grounded in science and technology. There is more science and technology deployed day to day than any other industry that I can think of outside of aerospace. And I open the doors to, to the entire community, people that, that want to just learn more, people that are anti-fossil fuels, so to speak, come into our office, talk to some of our engineers that are educated right in Boulder, CU Boulder, Colorado School of Mines in Golden. We have local talent here is among the best in the world why not use them to solve this problem 
instead of legislation that isn't voted on by people by, by by the people nothing none of this was put on a ballot and that that's our biggest uh i think that's our biggest uh challenge here is that um we need to engage those people to explain what is going on and how it's being done and just how safe it is our engineering company makes sure of it the engineering companies in denver they all make sure of it they have the best engineers in the world some of the best engineers in the world look over these facilities soup to nuts top and make sure that every piece and part of that infrastructure meets or exceeds all federal, state, and local standards. The the producers and the midstream operators that we deal with, they are stewards of the land. And I get chuckles when I've said that before, but it's the absolute truth. Anytime we're engaged with any client, it's safety first and Everyone's got stop work authority. Their plants are and, and and facilities are so clean you could eat off the floor. They're they're built to be intrinsically safe. They spend millions of dollars engineering facilities to make sure that they're safe, not only from an operation standpoint, but from a standpoint of thinking of of all the employees in the facility and the community around the facility, making sure that. Uh, day-to-day operations are completely safe so it, it's it's go, going back to the letter i penned i penned this letter got picked up we've we've opened the doors we we want to engage with the, with the detractors and the community hey help us tell us what you think so we can design a better facility what don't you like about it is it zero emissions great we're working on zero emissions facilities we design zero emissions facilities for our clients we can do that it's, it's just a matter of uh, our, our entire uh, country right now, it's outside of even oil and gas, feels like it's, if you don't understand it, if you don't like it, ban it. Not in my backyard mentality. Instead of a, um, you know, come together and let's solve this problem using uh, our talent here in the States. Let's, let's use our, our local talents to solve these problems. Instead, it feels like um, kind of the, the trendy thing to do is just, if you don't like it, ban it. To me, I liked what you said earlier about being progressive. I, I actually think it's time for oil and gas to become progressive and take control of the narrative again. And, you well, know, enter, enter energy strong. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what um, the mission is. And it's, it's uh, very clearly, and we want to make it um, just crystal clear that it's a nonpartisan group. We're not, uh, the business that I run and operate, it's got, it's, it's a very diverse group of people. There's, there's Republicans, Democrats, unaffiliated, anything else you could think of that we employ them. And I love that. That diversity gives us our strength, energy, strong oil and gas should not be a politicized argument. It should not be partisan. That was some, that was most of our testimony. Uh, the energy strong testimony that we gave during Senate Bill 181 here at proceedings was watching this bizarre kind of procedure unfold and it being voted on along party lines. And through the whole process, not one single person crossed a party line and changed their vote. And I thought all these hundreds of hours of testimony showing how safe the industry is, how uh, how well the, the community, a lot of communities receive it. If you look at Weld County, people are flocking there because of oil and gas development, not in spite of it. 
and it's uh, our, our all of our testimony was was around that. Just just shouldn't should not be the, this partisan issue. We should be engaging each other to solve these problems. And if it's a uh, aesthetic issue, if it's a truly health, if it's a true health and safety issue, let's figure out what that issue is, and we can solve that. And I believe we can solve that through engineering and and discourse not moratoriums and banning and that's my biggest you know that that's at the heart and soul of energy strong that's what we want we want we want to engage people that want to learn more people that don't like us people that are undereducated or miseducated about the industry and we want to do it in a way that, that where we do stand our ground. Yes, we want we want to understand where people are coming from, even people in Boulder. Mr. Jack Hamlin, I'm going to ask you to hold your thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. and we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. And we want to do it in a way that, that where we do stand our ground. Yes, we want, we want to understand where people are coming from, even people in Boulder, even the Boulder Democrats. i I'm not going to lose a friend over their political affi- affiliation. I want to understand where they're coming from and why. Why do they talk? Why do they have such a, long, uh, a, a loud volume against the industry? But they use our products every day. Why is that? I mean, it's it's a head scratching uh, paradox. I cannot figure out, but I really want to, and the group that we have at Energy Strong really wants to. It's interesting uh, listening to your story because, you know, one of the things that I've been saying now for probably about three months um, is I've done government affairs for 20, 25 years in the media. And one of the things I, I can I can say pretty, pretty confidently is that the oil and gas industry for probably the last 20 years has invested more and more and more into government relations. And that really became part of their PR strategy. And there was a time when that really was useful and beneficial, especially on the local level. But over the past, I would say, five to eight years, a lot of the politicians, that polarization happened to where everything became a party line. 
And they and oil and gas somehow got lumped in with a political party. And the, the light switch never should be. The, the gas in your car should never be a political thing at all. And, and you know that, I know that, everybody knows that deep in their heart. And so when you kind of look at, you know, the, the politicians really at the end of the day kind of became the oil company's PR people. What, what, what do you make of that statement and observation I just made? Uh, it's frustrating. I mean, I, so. I mean, is it, is there, is there any uh, credibility to that? Do you think, or any yeah, accuracy? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. If you look at it, it's, um, how could something as complex as, as energy independence and commodities that you consume on a daily basis, how on earth could that be a partisan issue? Right. So you've got, you've got politicians towing a narrative or, or, a a, a, a way of discourse that people just buy into and that's that's a frustrating part for me and that i i'm an unaffiliated voter i i'm too fluid in, in so many things that i can't i can't wrap my head around that so that's where it gets frustrating what i look at is man the, the american consumer the, the average american citizen it seems like the the uh the short-term memory uh it's just not there when it comes to day-to-day -day life. I, I remember back four or five years ago when gasoline got to like $4.30 a gallon or something like that, and it was on the verge of Mad Max out here. I mean, they were talking about repealing the gas tax to help lower-income families, and at the end of the day, that's who this impacts, right? I grew up in, in a fairly poor household. Uh, I grew up with a, with a single mom that had to, had to make – choices on which bills to pay do we pay the gas bill or do we put gasoline in the car and if gasoline was expensive uh we walked to school i mean th these were impacts that i had in my life and when i look at my f uh friends and people in my community um these r r if as you ban things and put moratoriums and we lose this just unbelievable jewel of energy independence if we lose that and just throw that away it's consumers it's every citizen in this country that gets impacted we're we're not going to stop using fossil fuels anytime soon we just become beholden to the same uh regimes that caused us to get the energy dependence in the independence in the first place so then we're going back to to being hostage to uh, a foreign nation to supply us our energy it's it's a strange thing to understand to me that People that anyone, regardless of political affiliation, wants to throw away and squander such an unbelievable accomplishment. Yeah, so we're we're, we're in the in the midst of several things. So a lot of it is again um, uh, broadcasting out to our to our followers on social media and our and our uh, email lists on upcoming events and mobilizing people to those events, getting those chairs filled with people that would otherwise not want to be there, not even know about the meeting. So we're, we're fighting, um, we're fighting back, uh, on the front level, uh, of we're, we're getting people to, to get there. That's, that's the first thing, right? And then you're trying to mobilize right now. So, so we're mobilizing, but we're also getting, getting some messaging out there. So a big push for us right now is giving people the talking points of 
within the industry, the, the good things, the how much emissions have gone down, how much, uh, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, how, how drilling's increased, but the footprint and the actual emissions have gone down, how natural gas has transformed our entire, uh, the way we, we generate power and the emissions decrease from it, the, the potential there to decrease emissions worldwide. So, so we're giving people uh, the tools to do that. We're um, hosting our own happy hours and, and getting people from uh, – the mission of, of Energy Strong is to unite the oil and gas industry and everybody. That if, if you touch a molecule of hydrocarbons, we want, we want you there. We don't care if you're downhole, uh, engineering, construction, an operator, whatever you are. If you're in the industry, if, you, if, you, if you're in trucking, recruiting, whatever it is, we want you there and we want to hear your story and, and the impact. Uh, one of the things that we did proactively was a tip the bill campaign. I'm not sure if you saw that or not, but uh, th- that went pretty viral where we, you know, if you ha- if you went out to dinner with your family and it was $60, you tipped $60 and you put on there paid for by oil and Colorado oil and gas, energy strong Colorado, trying to raise awareness to, Hey, this, our industry has a very big impact in this state beyond the, the revenue that's generated by the, the oil and gas producers, right? Those are the numbers that, the, the proponents of the bill, they used, oh, Colorado's, you know, uh, the oil and gas industry supports 29,000 jobs or something like that in Colorado. The real number is way more than that. It's just companies like mine, an engineering company of 110 people, our SIT code doesn't correlate with oil and gas. It's under engineering. They don't count that as an oil and gas job. And that was Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe Week in Review is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All those social media links can be found at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. That's going to do it this week. Jack Hamlin for coming on today's program and talking with us here at the Multimedia Cafe. And I'd like to thank everyone else for tuning in and being a part of the program. You can find us online at thecrudelife.com or we'll be back next week at this time on this radio station. From the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, 
and then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 